you know, I said, God, if you're going to put a door in front of me and it's it's open a crack, I'm going to go through it. And, you know, I've learned that sometimes I've pushed some doors and that's not a good thing. But I, I would hope that I would always have the faith and the strength that if God opens a door in front of me, that I'll walk through it. Our first-person guest now is Ron Zappia, a local church pastor who has a dramatic story of coming to faith in Christ. Welcome to this week's first-person program. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and you'll meet our guest in just a moment. These weekly interviews come to you courtesy of the Far East Broadcasting Company, who believes that whether you live in the Western world or beyond, each person is important to God, who desires that all come to a knowledge of His salvation through Jesus Christ. It's these stories that we like to tell here on First Person. To hear stories of God moving in the hearts of listeners around the world, click on the FEBC banner at firstpersoninterview.com. And when you visit our website, take some time to browse through our audio archive as well as the schedule of upcoming interviews. Our guest now is Ron Zappia, founding and lead pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel located in Naperville, Illinois. Harvest Bible Fellowship has now planted many churches in the U.S. and beyond, but Ron was the first pastor sent out as a church planter from Harvest. As Ron begins the conversation, he explains his life long before his call to the pastorate. Uh, my wife, Jody, um, we were high school sweethearts, you know, cut to the chase and, um, you know, knew each other for a long time, went to different colleges. You know, I'm from the Cleveland, uh, Ohio area and uh, northeastern Ohio. And, um, you know, we got married and Chicago was our was the place that brought us together. So if you can imagine, I was in the business world at that time, uh, working out of Cleveland, Ohio, and Jody was actually working out east in Connecticut. Hmm. And so, you know, we got married, and Chicago was our home. We moved to Schaumburg, and we were only together for um, probably, it was just, we didn't even make it a year. So we didn't make it a year. Um, I was doing some things, quite honestly, Wayne, that... Uh, when you mean you weren't together, you mean the marriage? Yeah, we, well, yeah, the marriage didn't, didn't make it. Oh. We, we, were, we weren't together for the six months of our marriage. This is the part of the problem. So wow. for six months, I was still living in Cleveland. She was in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm being right. real confusing. And then yeah. finally, when I got here, I, you know, I, I blew it. Like, I, you know, this is the woman that I love. This is the woman I cared for. We were best friends. You know, we knew nobody here in Chicagoland. And I just, you know, was working downtown, started making some decisions as a knucklehead, doing things I, I shouldn't have been doing. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, if Jody was here, she'd say, man, I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing as well. And, um, you know, we didn't have a Christian background. We didn't have any kids. I mean, we were the old dinks, you know. Do you remember that? <laughs> you know, dual yeah, income, no yeah, kids. right, right. So right. it was like, let's end this thing. Like, we can yeah. end this thing. Did you acknowledge with each other that something was wrong? Well, you know, um, Jody uh, would, uh, she knew and she prayed. This is an interesting thing because she prayed um, three days before she said, God, um, and, and we weren't prayers, we weren't Christians. And she just said, you know, God, reveal to me, I can sense something's wrong, please reveal it to me. Hmm. And, um, you know, God revealed it. And unfortunately, I was doing some things I shouldn't have been doing. And, um, you know, she came home one night. Did and she confront boom, you then? Yeah, she, you know, she confronted me. And, um, you know, I'll never forget, it was the longest, you know, the worst night of our lives. And, um, you know, I'm sleeping on the sofa and she's, you know, in the bedroom and she gets up the next morning and says, you know, puts on a dress and, you know, that's so, you know, I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm going to go to church. And I'm just like, what, why would you go to church? And, you know, we, we didn't have it. I didn't. <laughs> and she just, you know, she said she needed help. And, um, so she went to a church across the street at that time we were living in Schaumburg and it was one of these churches that, you know, it was in, um, being used in the afternoon by, it was like an Asian church in the afternoon. And so, um, she meets this woman, you know, with a thick, heavy 
accent, Asian accent. And, and, and this woman says, you know, my husband, you know, I, I same place. My Jody tells her story. She said, you need to go to Widow Creek. You need to go to Widow, <laughs> Widow. Creek. Yeah. <laughs> you got that doesn't it. doesn't sound very appealing, does it? And she goes, Algonquin Road. Just go to Algonquin Road. Keep going. Big church, big church. And, and Jody looks at her and she goes, she goes, Widow Creek. She goes, she goes, uh, I, I don't want to kill him. I just want to divorce him. <laughs> so, and honestly, though, you know, we're laughing, but it was it was bad. And, and for huh. whatever reason, you know, uh, I, I thank God that I was willing, you know. Um, so you went. We went and um, we didn't go. Interesting enough. And, you know, there's another story, too, is we didn't go to the church service. We went on a Sunday night and grabbed a brochure that talked about a marriage restore workshop oh. and that you could go. And Boy, it was were your steps Monday being nights. directed without oh you gosh. knowing it, huh? Yeah, we, we just, you know, we were so non-churched. It was ridiculous. Walked in, grabbed that brochure, began going to this workshop, and I began to hear the gospel. Um, we began to hear about what husbands and wives' roles were about. Jody had in her Franklin planner. That's how long ago it was. She was the <laughs> businesswoman. She said, I'm going to give this three weeks, and then I got to know if I got to divorce this guy. And really what she was saying, am I able to divorce him? We weren't Christians, but am I able to divorce him for what the Bible said? Mm. And she wanted affirmation. She was that honest yeah, about yeah. it. Huh? Yeah. And honestly, she could have. Many Christians would have said, mm. divorce that guy, mm-hmm. you know, dropkick him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and rightfully so. And um, it wasn't, uh, we went into the pastor's office, I'll never forget because it was Halloween, and we had an appointment with him, and the pastor said to me, said, uh, you know, we can talk about how bad your marriage is and how messed up it is, or I've got 45 minutes, or we can talk about the forgiveness that's available in Christ and the second chance you can get because of the gospel. Boy, he went right to the I'm, I'm chase, telling, didn't and, he? And, yeah. and this guy, we never, you know, I mean, honestly, he, he I've, you know, obviously I've known him, and, and he, he said later, I never used that tactic before. <laughs> and so we just looked at each other with tears in our eyes, and we said, you know, give us the Jesus thing. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't know what that meant. And he began to lay out the gospel for us. Um, and honestly, Wayne, it was just like that. I mean, it, I, I got to tell you, it was like repentance. He said later, the counselor, he said later, he said, I watched repentance happen. I know it was the Holy Spirit, but what else is going on? I you mean, know, you were so open and yet you, you had know, no understanding prior to this. Yeah. We, you know, I, I would say it like this and I say this to our church all the time. Like I heard the gospel once clearly and I, I, I received it. It was compelling. And, and for me, yeah. you know, the reason you know, that's why I got into what I do because I didn't feel like I heard it quite compelling. You know, I'm 27 years old at this time. So I had never heard, you know, I've been to church, but never hold the gospel at 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Another fact though, too, is I was the kind of guy that had to be on my knees. Mm-hmm. And for me to look up, I had to be, you know, put down. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he led us in, you know, kind of a sinner's prayer. And, and I remember, you know, looking at each other and, you know, you could feel the weight of guilt and shame. And I know for your listeners, I mean, the weight of guilt, if you're being weighed down by the guilt of your past, yeah. you know, your past is never an obstacle to God when it comes to Jesus. And he removed that weight. We walked out of there. And I remember Jody looking at him and saying, well, what about the marriage? And he, the, the pastor, Tom, looked at us and he goes, well, I don't know about the marriage. I don't know if it's going to survive. But you guys, you know, just begin to you know, live your life according to the scriptures and what God teaches. And we'll see. Did it turn around that quickly? You know, it was. I mean, and Jody knew me, you know, she knew me since I was 13 years old. So I had, you know, issues that I, she knew I couldn't change on my own. She and sounds when, like a patient woman, huh? Well, when, when change began to happen, she knew there was things I couldn't control. And it just, and it, those were the things that as she was even a skeptic, 
she began to see changes in me that initiated changes in her that brought us together. So did you get in the Word right away? How, yeah, how, I, did, you, how did you grow? Yeah, huh? I had an appetite for God's Word that was pretty compelling. So at that point, I was um, a salesman driving, you know, back and forth, covering four or five states. And I just had an, you know, I mean, I remember Jody laughs now. She's like, man, you'd call me. And I was like, you know, reading the Bible while I was driving. I mean, I, you know, it's just like putting in the <laughs> Not tapes to be recommended, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Not to be recommended. And, but I just had, I had a lot of time on my hands. And I believe, you know, God was using that to, to stir us. And then along with that, we began serving right away. So we began mm-hmm. helping couples who had been sharing our testimony because it was, you know, we could share the details which were engaging. And we began to share our testimony. And, and I began to say to the pastor that led me to Christ, and this kind of has a unique twist to it. I, I said to him, I said, you know, I want to know the Bible as well as you do. And then he used a term, he goes, you got to go sit under some expository teaching. I didn't know what expository, I didn't know what that means. What's that word? Yeah, maybe, maybe a listener's like, what is that? (laughs) That's just, hey, where somebody, you know, you go to church and it's just not about, you know, exegeting a poem or a magazine or sharing your own opinion, but let's open up God's word and let's, let's teach the truths in it so that they can be related to my life. Systematically, verse by verse. Yeah. And, and for me to go to Harvest Bible Chapel. All right, point of reference, that's Harvest Bible Chapel, yeah. our friend James McDonald. Yeah, totally, James. And I'm yeah. getting ahead of myself here, yeah. but you became the first church plant uh, pastor out of the Harvest uh, Church, so yeah. we'll, we'll get to that point. Yeah, but, but so that's how I went there, and they were meeting in a high school in Rolling Meadows at that time, and, you know, Pastor James, you know, I mean, his, you know, impact now, it wasn't that, you know, it was just, I met James when he was just, you know, a guy pastoring a church in the local Chicagoland area, and I'll never forget, you know, he looked back at me, and I'm, I'm six foot five and three quarters, and <laughs> I got a bad basketball, you know, I, I had a basketball career. It's over now, but he looked at me and I, I don't know what his motive was, but he, he, um, he grabbed a hold and said, Hey man, um, you know, I'd like to get to know you. And, you know, we started playing basketball together and then he began to disciple me. Hmm. So, you know, it wasn't too much later that I quit my job after eight years in the business world, uh, went to Trinity Evangelical Divinity School out okay. in Deerfield. All right. Let me, let me probe yeah, on that ahead. for a moment because we talk about calling on, on first person. Yeah. How did you know? How did you know I'm supposed to walk away from this business career, yeah. which I'm sure yeah. was providing for your, yeah, totally. your young family, and, yeah. and go to seminary, for, for goodness sakes? Well, I'll tell you, it was, you know, I do believe in a calling. I do believe that, you know, God, if I would have had to verbalize it then, I wouldn't have said that I was going to go pastor a church. I didn't want to be a pastor. I, I didn't. I, I, I would say these words, I believe I need to speak for God. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, mm-hmm. it was a funeral that I went to with one of my best friends, lost a sister. It was downtown Chicago. It was packed. And my heart was so sensitive to God's spirit and just the tears as the person had a captive audience. And I remember being there and in the gospel, and I don't mean to be critical, please don't hear me in that, but for, for whatever reason, the gospel wasn't made clear. Mm-hmm. And I just felt, you know, in my head that, you know, not, not this guy's wrong and this guy's a jerk and this guy's a loser. No, mm-hmm. no, God's speaking silently to me. Ron, that's what I want you to do. Mm. That's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I want you to do. And, um, you know, I drove home that day and, you know, a number of other situations, but that was something that really impacted me. And then, you know, I'm, I know both you and I, when we, we share a love for the scriptures, I did this, which I would recommend to anybody who's wrestling with the calling of God. I identified in the script, in the Bible, all the major callings. So for instance, you know, Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, Isaiah, um, Isaiah chapter six, you know, I just went Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter three, you what know, Jeremiah. Study, huh? And I, like I did that study. And I'll never forget, Jody and I, we went away on a trip. I did that study. It was actually, um, uh, you know, a good probably 10 days. And that was at the end of that, 
is when I, you know, God used the scripture to confirm in me the calling. You're listening to First Person with today's guest, Pastor Ron Zappi, and we'll continue the conversation coming up in just a moment. This is Ed Cannon, president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. The interview we're listening to reminds me of the remarkable way that God uses those who follow Christ to do great things for Him. At FEBC, we broadcast in nearly 50 countries of the world, our staff always speaking in the local language, sharing the gospel, and teaching the word to millions every day. If you'd like to know more about FEBC, please click on the FEBC banner at firstpersoninterview.com. My guest today is Ron Zappia. Ron is a pastor, pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel, Naperville, Illinois, which, as I mentioned a few moments ago, was the first church plant out of Harvest Bible Chapel, uh, James McDonald in Chicago, which has started, I, I would imagine, dozens and yeah. perhaps more than that, churches around the world yeah, now. Yeah, now it's 150. All right. I, mean, we're, I didn't know crazy. the number, but, yeah, but yeah, you were the crazy. first. Well, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you were the guinea pig. Yeah, huh? you, you could say they kicked me out. <laughs> and then it went well. <laughs> yeah, but it was exciting to hear how the Lord first got a hold of your heart, you and your wife, and brought you to himself, and then called you, first of all, to study the Word. Word and then yeah. called you into ministry. Talk more about the call to the to the ministry itself. Yeah, so the call to ministry was really you know interesting because um, for me you know again I, I think there's a couple things and maybe someone as a, as a listener is wrestling because we're all called to ministry, yes, right? Right. All of us are called to ministry, but right. there is a there's a group that's called to vocational ministry, and mm-hmm. so that's what we're talking. Where hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna gain an income. This is gonna be all that I'm about, and so you know there is a distinction. And for me, it was that overwhelming constraint that, you know, I can't do anything else. Like, like this is something I have to do. There was an awareness. And if you're wrestling with that call, as someone listening, I would just say, you know, do you have a heart to share your story? Do you have a heart to share the gospel? Are you in tears over as you look at people? You know, too many people get in the ministry and they don't want to share with the lost and people. And it's a problem. And so we had those things happening. My wife was 100% supportive. And, you know, so that took us to a step to seminary. Yeah. That's um, another confirmation, by the way. Uh, yeah. w- when you're following God's call, if you have the confirmation of, uh, first of all, your spouse. Yes. And second of all, your close friends. Oh, I mean, that yeah. there's wisdom in many counselors. Oh, right? yeah, totally. And I, I left that out and shouldn't have, believe me, you know, affirmed hands-on. And, you know, that's where Pastor James McDonald and the, and the elders and leadership at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago at that time was just in Rolling Meadows. They put their hands on me and, you know, they were sending us off. But one of the funny things is... I remember, you know, when I decided and, you know, people prayed over me. And so I went home back to my hometown in Cleveland and, you know, visited my, with my parents and were like, you know, I want to go to ministry. And they're from a, you know, traditional, very traditional background. <laughs> they thought I was going to have to divorce my wife yeah. because the pastor can't be married. Yeah. And wear robes. And, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they're just looking at me like, what are you crazy? You want to go to seminary? You want to be in ministry? And, um, and then so we're around the kitchen table and I'll never forget. And so my parents are talking and my... And Jody starts talking, and, and Jody starts, you know, you know, she's got it, man. She starts sharing scriptures with them and sharing the gospel, and you know, they're unbelievers. <laughs> and and then my mom looks at me and she she says, well, "What are you going to seminary for? She ought to be the one." <laughs> and you know, so but which, but which she really did, yeah, yeah, when, exactly. alongside you, right? And uh, so it's just, but I share that story only to say, you know, you're going to get apprehension, and this was apprehension from the people that were close to me. And they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, you expect that. You know, there's, there, there's apprehension yeah. and misunderstanding. I wouldn't expect them the right to understand. Thing. Yeah, no, totally. And, and I'll remember when I turned in my keys to my company car and drove back from the airport from uh, Midway at that time and, you know, back to Arlington Heights. 
And I'll never forget, I was just me alone. And um, I'm sitting in the cou- on the couch and looking out the window. And I almost felt like I was being punched in the gut because I felt like the enemy was like, you can't do this. What are you, you know, what are you talking about? And, and then what was ringing in my ears was my dad. And you'll appreciate this. My dad in the, in the backdrop, I was thinking, my dad told me never quit a job without another job. <laughs> and I just quit a job. Yeah. So, so, sounds job. like our, the generation of our fathers, doesn't <laughs> yeah, totally. it? Yeah, yeah. And so, but I, I share that to say, you know, there is apprehension, but there is confirmation. And I'm thankful for those that confirmed me. It was a long journey, you know. I mean, you know, I didn't know what was it was going to look like, but I know I had to hurt to serve, and I and and a moldable and teachable, um, you know, my wife and I, and around a, a bunch of leaders that were willing to pour into it. Yeah. So, but it's unusual. I mean, you you came out of Harvest Bible Chapel yeah. to, to start Harvest Bible Chapel Naperville, yeah. and you've been in one place how long now? Yeah, we've been uh, our church has been now sixteen years. So yeah, see, that's pretty, unusual, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And so, well, we, what's what's behind that? Yeah, we were sent out, you know, and I think it was modeled uh, by James McDonald, you know, one church. And not that everybody has to be in one church for their lifetime. No, I understand. Certainly situations yeah. change. But for us, you know, we were sent out with a group of people and, uh, you know, to start a church in the western suburbs. And, um, you know, we, we fell in love with it. And we, we loved the people that we're serving with. God multiplied it. You know, he multiplied groups of people. And we've been able to send out people from our church to plant other harvests around the country. And, um, but... You know, I think it's been a commitment. I, I look at it like this. You know, the day that we started in Glenbard South High School, I said, I want to have an address down there and I want to live in the in the area. And so we bought a house and, you know, but we were committed to this area and to this group of people. And I think, you know, with our kids going through elementary school and junior high and high school, and, you know, we still have one in high school, but, um, you know, we began to make relationships and we began to make an impact. And so, you know, we've become a church that, uh, you know, people sense of freedom and a willingness and an openness you can come no matter where you're at and what's going on and i think some of that has to do with jody and i's story you know yeah. we've got many people who have many issues well i know some of the folks in your church and i know how excited they are about what's going on yeah. and uh it's, it's exciting to get your story yeah. uh, the backstory of all of this ron but uh, for the last uh, few minutes we have together you came from a place of total unbelief yes to a place of belief and calling yep for that person maybe quote, accidentally, wow. who turned yeah. the radio on today and caught yeah. this conversation, maybe they're, they're at that point of wondering whether this this Christian thing is worthwhile for them or not. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's the, it's the most amazing thing in the world, and that one decision to embrace Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord will impact every decision in your life, every major decision. And for me, I, like I said, I had to be down to get up, and God cut me at the knees, and I hope that doesn't happen to you, but that forgiveness, once it truly you know that that getting rid of the shame once you truly embrace the totality of the cross you you can't not you can't you have a desire to share it's just like you want to explode i love the verse in acts that says for they cannot stop speaking of what they've seen and heard i was just reading that chapter and, and 4 I feel like, yeah, acts chapter, chapter 4, four yeah. yeah yeah and i feel like that's us and so you know whether it's going into full time ministry or you know sharing with your neighbor i mean you just can't stop speaking so i would just um you know take that step of faith it doesn't have to be a big step. It's a little step and, and trust God with what's next. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would have never gathered that, um, you know, I'd be a pastor of a church in the Chicagoland area that has, you know, multiple locations and we're doing ministry and in such a great network like Harvest Bible Fellowship. I'd never grasped any of those things. And at the same time, God may do that in someone's life and call them to stay where, where they are. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Vocationally, so, I mean. Yeah, no, totally. And, and you can make a huge impact. So, I, I mean, you know, I don't know if I did the greatest job answering your question, but I got to just say this, you know, um, Jesus has made the greatest impact in my life. And I don't know what, you know, I know, I remember, I've lived my life more years 
not knowing him than knowing him. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't go back. Mm. I wouldn't go back. And so if that's you, do not go back. Engage yourself in ministry for we are not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, you mentioned some of the mission work yeah. that uh, you, you have a heart for it. Uh, talk about what it what it's meant to you and those in your church to get involved uh, globally. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've, you know, we, we kind of refer to it as this. It's like, hey, you know, here, there, and everywhere. We've got to, you know, we're, we're a missional, the harvest movement, missional church, vertical church. We want to be focused on God, but we understand that horizontally speaking, we want that relationship to impact so many people. So, you know, with Harvest Bible Fellowship, we've begun to start churches all over the world. And so places you wouldn't dream of. Cuba is yes, a hardest right. scenario. I mean, yeah, I've, I've been to Haiti. Cuba, and, yeah. and I, I know the church has grown down there, but I know there's a lot more potential for the church to Yeah, grow, it's crazy. So. I mean, India, like, you know, Romania, there's so many doors that open. And so we get to partner with some of those things, which is fantastic. Um, our church was able to send out uh, three pastors, um, five total to be senior pastors, but three significant um, guys who were able to continue in ministry. And you mean other send churches. them to these yeah. places yeah. to so live? We, yeah, well, we— Not, we're not talking about short term here. No, we're talking, you know, we've sent out um, guys to plant churches in um, in the Quad Cities. We've sent out guys to plant churches, uh, you know, south of here uh, in Peoria. Mm-hmm. So we've been in kind of a place that, you know, my story, a guy's caught it and we've been able to send guys out. And now we're, you know, we love sending people out to trips. But my heart right now, I, if you want to get my heartbeat, yeah. it's, you know, I think we've done the everywhere. And we're in a season in our church where we're, we're, we're more, it's like here, there, and everywhere. What about the here? Yeah, look around. Yeah. And so, you know, we've partnered with a couple churches down, down on the south side of Chicago um, and, uh, it's it's been interesting. So there's an organization called 180 Chicago, which is trying to turn mm-hmm. um, young boys, junior high age, into men mm-hmm. and and engaging in discipling relationships. And you know these guys, you know our church is is heavily involved there. I was just down there last Saturday. We put on a block party for uh, ten blocks in the south side of Chicago, and in some of the worst areas with some of the highest crime. Um, my uh, my daughter came down and she's doing face painting at this block party. And, you know, we know that there's murders. And, you know, I met a guy who lost his son a week prior, mm. previously, just wow. buried him the day before. And my daughter is doing, um, she's doing face painting. And so, you know, all the young kids are coming up and, you know, they you know normally want a flower or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, and then they began to ask for initials to be put um, on their arm. They, they said, LF, live forever. And, you know, so she's putting LF and then she's putting these initials. And one after another, and finally she said, well, what is this for? And these were people that these junior high kids knew that oh. were killed. Oh, my goodness. Oh. And, and what began to go over her face was tears. And, you know, we face pain all over the place, you know, right. in different places. And she's like, here, these kids have all lost people, and they're trying to remember them by putting initials on their arm. Mm. Ron, I get the sense that uh, you never look back and say, what if? For me, it's like, um, you know, I, I've always said this and, you know, you bargain with God at sometimes. And I, you know, I said, God, if you're going to put a door in front of me and it's, it's open a crack, I'm going to go through it. Mm. And, you know, I've learned that sometimes I've pushed some doors and that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I, I would hope that I would always have the faith and the strength that if God opens a door in front of me, that I'll walk through it. That's Pastor Ron Zappia, our guest today on First Person. Ron's story of coming to Christ and seeing his marriage healed and then being called to the ministry is more evidence of the grace and love of God, the same grace and love that Jesus Christ offers to all who believe. You can learn more about Ron, his church, Harvest Bible Chapel in Naperville, Illinois, and other campuses, and his radio ministry, High Point, when you visit firstpersoninterview.com. 
I'd like to thank the Far East Broadcasting Company for their help in providing this program. There's more about FEBC at firstpersoninterview.com. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.